You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Uh, Jerry Fowl, I think most of you know, know of Jerry Fowl. Falwell, and he said this, I have no problem with the church adapting to the culture. We must ensure that we remain true to the gospel of Jesus Christ and that we remain obedient servants to his truth. Another man named David Platt wrote a book entitled Radical, Taking Back Your Faith from the American dream. And he said, if we were left to ourselves with the task of taking the gospel to the world, we would immediately begin planning innovative strategies and plotting elaborate schemes. We would organize conventions, develop programs, and create foundations. But Jesus is so different from us. He says, with the task of taking the gospel to the world, all he wanted was a few men, men who could think as he did, love as he did, see as he did, teach as he did, and serve as he did. He revolutionized the hearts of a few, and they impacted the world. Now, I don't believe that Mr. Platt was condemning, or I hope not, the process of planning and strategizing in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. But unless we are revolutionized and energized by the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, Our human efforts will fall short of what Jesus intended for his church when he gave us the Great Commission. We, God intended that we would go in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he intended that not just pastors and evangelists and teachers and prophets would go that way. But that every believer, you remember the Great Commission, these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall heal the sick. They shall raise the dead. There is nothing impossible for you as a born-again believer, if you will walk and live in the Holy Spirit. I only have two points this morning. Probably a little bit longer than most of my points, but anyway, it's it's two points. I didn't want to disappoint you there. I think, oh, he's going to be real short. First point is the Word of God. The Word of God is the Bible, of course, right? It is our source of all truth. 
This is what the Bible says about the Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's what the Bible is for. To keep us walking in righteousness. To set us on the right path. To be a chart and a compass for our journey in life. The great commission is to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. Go and preach. Amen? And we sort of, for a long while, have had it in our minds that if we build a big enough church, everybody will come. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, go. And so we got a beautiful facility here to have places where we can uh, get together and I can encourage you and Mark can encourage you. And we're coaching you to get out and do the work of the ministry. That's what the Bible says pastors are for. Pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets. They are for the edifying of the saints to help them to prepare them to go out and do the work of the ministry. Even if you had Jesus in the flesh, pastoring this church, he could not do the work that you can do individually. Because when we leave this place this morning, we go in all directions, right? And wherever we go, we're ambassadors for Christ. Sharing our faith. You don't have to be big and bold and all of that kind of stuff. Remember, the Bible says, Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. What he meant by that is when I am weak, I have to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to strengthen me in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I have that, then I am strong. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. If I keep going like this, my points are going to be real low. Jesus is praying for his disciples to his heavenly Father in John chapter 17, verse 17, and he says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The word of God is true. There are no fallacies in the word of God. God never told a lie, and he's never going to tell a lie. And what he has spoken, the Bible says, is forever settled in heaven. Don't change. Down through the generations, the word of God has remained the same. Concerning the scriptures, Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. Those of you who are afraid of prophecy, listen to this. No prophecy of scripture. The scripture itself is prophecy is of no private interpretation. It's not man's doing. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. 
And so you and I have the Word of God in paperbacks, in leatherbacks, in hardcovers, and on our phones and in our computers. The Bible is about God, His story of creation and redemption. As we apply the Word in our lives, we are living out our part in God's story. We read the Bible with this big picture in mind from creation to eternity. And those of us who have delved into the Word and have read through the Word and studied the Word can pretty well understand where we are at in time right now with regard to Scripture and God's plan for the future. This gives us a framework from which we form our worldview. Now, a worldview is a framework from which we view reality that makes sense of life in this world we live in. Someone with a biblical worldview believes our primary reason for existence is to love and to serve God. Whether conscious or subconscious, every person has some type of worldview. A personal worldview is a combination of all that you believe to be true. Even if what you believe is a lie, you believe it to be true. I believe it to be true. Isn't that right? Some of you will turn on CNN and listen to the garbage that they're spreading there, and you take it all as truth. And so when I'm in a conversation with you sometimes and the thing goes along on political lines, I know when to stop my mouth and say nothing. I can tell which, which channel you've been watching. It affects our response to every area of life, from philosophy to science to theology to politics, to economics, and so on, and so on, and so on. All of our life is wrapped up in what we believe. A biblical worldview is based on the infallible Word of God. Above everything else, regardless of what pastors and peace, priests and evangelists, Teachers and prophets say, regardless of what the news world says, we weigh everything, see, do it line up with what God's Word says. We can spot a lie a mile away if we're into the Word of God. The definition of a framework is a basic structure of something, a set of ideas or facts that provide support for something. It is this framework that binds Bible-believing Christians together of many denominational texts. What do Christians believe? Well, some of the basic beliefs is salvation by grace 
through Jesus Christ. There's a lot of, of, lot of churches that are Bible-believing churches, and this is one of the, uh, of the fundamental truths of their faith, that there's salvation in Jesus Christ alone. There are not many ways to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. And we stand firmly with Bible-believing people who believe that way. Another one is baptism. We believe in being baptized. Believe and be baptized and you will be saved. Now there are many different ideas within the Christian churches concerning baptism. But we believe in baptism. We can agree on that, that you need to be baptized. Then there's the Holy Spirit. And wow, are there a few different ideas about that. But there's a lot of things that we can pray and say, Lord, if we feel that we have a better understanding than someone else, we say, well, Lord, open their eyes, right? They're praying the same thing about us. <laughs> Christianity is a, is a religion, encompass, as a religion, come, encompasses a wide range of denominations and faith groups, and each subscribe to their own set of doctrines, depending on what they believe. They have a worldview. A world guided by what they have been taught. And if you've been taught something within the church since you were a little child, that's what you believe. And so then that comes to, although doctrines differ between denominations, many of our doctrines are similar, which keeps us united in purpose in fulfilling the Great Commission. So there's a lot of people that would never come into our church basically because of our stand on the Holy Spirit. But they believe that a person needs to confess their sins to be born again. And we adhere to that. When everything else is said and done, even if you went through your lifetime sick and didn't believe that healing was for today, the most important thing is that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you're going to go one day when the rapture, when the trumpet sounds, or when you die, you're going to go into the presence of God, as the Bible says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we want to somehow, at some time, in some way, be able to get together with all of our brothers and sisters, even in Coal Lake and Bonneville and, and, and uh, Lacory and, and um, uh, Pierce Land, all these places, and come together and have a great evangelistic meeting and so that people can come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior.
The scripture, in scripture, doctrine takes a broad meaning. Christianity is a religion founded on a message of good and the good news, rooted in the significance of the life of Jesus Christ. In scripture, then, doctrine refers to the entire body of the essential theological truths that define and describe the message. The scripture is the framework for Christian life and experience. And so the PAOC has a document that we use in our church that is foundational to all that we believe and teach here at Cold Lake Community Church. It is our statement of fundamental and essential truths. We teach this in our team building course this year and under the heading of Firm Foundations. This document covers the Bible, the Godhead, salvation, angels, demons, Holy Spirit, healing, prophecy, the church, end times, rapture, tribulation, second coming, and on and on and on. All of the things that the main things, that the basic things that the Bible teaches is in that document. So that's what we're doing in our, in our uh, team building uh, this fall. We believe that God has spoken in history and the Bible is the infallible authoritative word of God for all time. Paul declares that his teaching is not merely the word of man but it is the word of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2.13, these things which we speak, not in words, which is man's wisdom, teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. God, using mere men to reveal spiritual truth to individual people. You don't have to be a scholar. In fact, you don't have to have finished your high school. You don't have to be very far along in life before you begin to understand those precious truths. Cynthia's got a team out there that's going on while this service is going on in here. She's raising up leaders that are still children, but they're doing a tremendous job and learning how to lead, and they're, they're receiving the word of God into their lives every Sunday morning. God using just mere people to reveal spiritual truth. We are reminded of this very thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 1.18 where the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Don say, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Amen. Paul explains that the Thessalonians recognized Paul as God's messenger and that he was speaking God's word and they were receiving it as such. 
So God has, God has decided that he would win the world through the foolishness of preaching. What I am doing, a lot of people would consider me a fool for doing this for the past 30 years. Some of the people, when I quit the oil business to go into the ministry, really thought I had gone off my rocker. The Holy Spirit opened their minds and their hearts to know what Paul was speaking, that he was speaking the word of God. And so we should never dismiss the word of God. You can dismiss the preacher. You can find, you can pick holes in that, something that I'm saying. But you better know enough about the word of God to know when I'm speaking the truth and adhere to it. Reminds me of when Jesus asked Peter. First of all, he said, who do men say that I am? Who are the people that are around us, our congregation, the people that, to, that come together to listen to me teach? Who, they, who do they say that I am? They said, some say you're, you're Elijah. Some say you're a teacher. Some say you're a prophet. Then he looked at Peter and he said, but Peter, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. My heart's desire is that I can preach Jesus to you. That you can know that Jesus is the one and only Savior of your soul. He's the healer of your body. He's the director of your life. He's the strength for your marriage. He's your soon coming king. In this case, God enabled Peter to see that the human person of Jesus was more than human. And God enabled the Thessalonians now to see that the human words of Paul was more than human words. He was being directed and anointed by the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Because the very words that he was writing to these people later on in his letters and in his epistles, It would become the very words of God and accepted by church fathers as holy scriptures. This is exactly how you and I have received Jesus into our lives. Saving faith involves the work of God, opening our eyes and our hearts as we hear the gospel message being preached or taught or shared by someone who has just accepted Jesus Christ and are so happy and so radically changed that they cannot deny that something has taken place in their lives. I'm skipping some of these scriptures, guys. I'm going to go to the second point right now. The message preached. Now, the message that we preach 
includes teaching. It includes sharing. Let me, let me explain to you. Preaching is not man's idea, it is God's command. It is the Great Commission. But listen, in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Listen to it. Teaching them. Okay? Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, if you go to Mark chapter 15, 16, verses 15 and 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach. In Matthew, he said, teach. In Mark, he says, preach. It's the same thing. Amen? The gospel, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. That's the word of God. I love the Word of God. I believe the Word of God. And usually when I say something, I've got Scripture with it. Because I dare anyone to discredit the, the Word of God. You can find, find problems with me, but you can't find a problem with God's Word. It is truth. It is forever settled in heaven. That brings me to another part of my message. There is no truth, only new light. There's no new truth, rather. There is no new truth, only new light on present truth. Remember I said, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. God has given his word, and it is forever settled. He's not going to change it. So anytime you hear something, that is not in line with the word of God, or that is brought to you as new truth, you can say, show me in the word of God, not out of context, because people do that all the time. I mean, even somebody who is kidnapping someone, they don't want you to, they don't want you to be able to check back to the authorities to check back on their, their typewriter that they used or anything like that. They'll get, they'll get the words from things that someone else has said and they'll put them all together. Maybe a dozen different people. And they'll write a, a what do you call it, a, a letter, a ransom note. Well, that's why people do that with the word of God too, you know. So you need to know that there's no new truth. There's only new light on present truth. A message is a specific theme or idea extracted and then presented by preaching and teaching. My time is gone. <laughs> message. Messages can become movements. They stir people. They sometimes breed new faith groups and new denominations. And generally, there's nothing wrong with that. Martin Luther's message 
The just shall live by faith. Brought the Protestant Reformation movement. If God didn't use Martin Luther, he would have had to use someone else in time in order for you and I to experience what we've experienced here this morning. And so, from Martin Luther's Reformation came the Lutheran Church, the Church of England, Wesleyan, the Methodist. Just to name a few. There's always been a small group of spirit-filled people down through the ages. A remnant of the early New Testament church has never really died out. There's always been a few people somewhere that has been moving in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In the middle 1800s, there was already a holiness movement arising in Europe. Regent's uh, Square Presbyterian Church in London, England, in 1831, was removing in the gifts of the uh, gift of tongues and prophecy. In 1800s, 1831, in the early 1900s. North America witnessed the revival of the book of Acts, which became known as the Pentecostal outpouring in Azusa Street in, uh, in California. And there's another uprising in Topeka, Kansas. And all of this came from powerful messages from the Word of God, delivered by spirit-filled men and women who tarried in the presence of God, who read the Bible, who saw things that wasn't being, pre being preached in their churches, and they began to believe it and began to speak it out, and the Holy Spirit made it real to people's hearts, and the revival began. This was not new truth. It was new light. New light shed revelation upon what was already written and forever settled in heaven. The word of God, the same word of God that you and I have today. And from there came other messages. The word of faith movement, healing, intercession, prophetic, deliverance, prosperity, just to name a few. And all of these are biblical truths from which, uh, from, uh, some of which have been uh, stretched out of proportion by some. But nevertheless, we should never reject the truth because someone is mishandling the word of God. We do ourselves great harm when we throw everything out because we do not believe a certain thing that somebody else preaches. This happened in the New Testament church, and it still happens today. Referring to Paul's letters, listen to what Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16. He says, talk, talking of, of Paul, he said, some of his comments are hard to understand. And those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different. Just as they do with other parts of scripture, and this will result in their destruction. God can't give his blessing when we ignore his word. 
or when we cut and paste to fit our worldview. The messages are now in perspective. The spirit, in spiritual terms, it can be looking only at one part, which can then be taken to extreme and become error. Anything taken to extreme can become error. And so this is where framework is important. When you have a framework, you can speak about any subject, and that subject will be balanced by the framework. If you ignore the framework, you get in trouble. A framework protects you from the extremes that come from a message. It gives you balance. We believe in divine healing, and we also believe in the sovereignty of God. We can't say because somebody wasn't healed that they didn't have enough faith to be healed. Only God knows that. We believe in spiritual gifts and talents, but God distributes these gifts and talents as he chooses. We believe in prosperity, but God has set the conditions. And there are no shortcuts. He knows the motive. He knows the need. He knows whether it's spiritual or whether it's physical or whether it's financial. So in conclusion, guys, get ready. Short conclusion. I believe that I've given you enough illustration to understand this message this morning. A Bible on your coffee table will not serve as a framework for your worldview. It will not serve as a framework for your belief system. You must have the Bible in your heart. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. We have in the word of God a framework to keep us balanced in faith and doctrine. Boundaries in which you may make decisions and the process on how to do them with the guiding principles of the Word of God. It's all in the book. If you're a man or a woman who goes by the book, you've got the book. Don't cut and paste to make it fit your learned belief. Man can be in error in how they interpret scriptures. Let the scripture interpret scripture. Let the scriptures speak for themselves. The key to spiritual growth is regularly feeding your spirit on God's word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of God. If we had no Bible, 
our obligations to God would be unchanged. Listen to me. According to Romans, they didn't have the Bible, but they, they, they formed their own beliefs, but God said they've got enough light. Even by nature, they've got enough light. If we didn't have the Bible, we would have no light for our path. No chart and compass to point us in the right direction. No framework to keep us from being carried away into error. But folks, we do have a Bible. So we're without excuse. In fact, we have less excuse than the people referred to in the book of Romans. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Allow me to remind you of the importance of God's word. John chapter 12, verse 48. Jesus is speaking, and this is what he says. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. Now listen to this. The words that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. You're not going to be able to stand before God and say, I stood under pastors, I sat under Pastor Hayward's ministry for 15 years. And he didn't tell me about this. And even if you're lying through your teeth, you're going to be reminded that you had a Bible in your possession. You've had a number of them. You've got them in different translations. You've got them on your phone. You've got them in your computer. You've got them in your bedroom. You've got them on your coffee table. You've got them marked up and highlighted. Favorite scriptures. And he says, the words that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Folks, this is serious business. God give us his word to keep us on the right track. To help you and I. Not only to know the truth, but to share that truth with others. And I've got a feeling that we're ready to go all out for God. I've got a feeling that we're beginning to appreciate what God has done for us and the word that he has given us to help us to know the truth and with that truth be set free. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.